Good eye, kids. It's February the 10th, 2021, and this is episode 24, entitled The Real Wise Guys. The Real <laughs> Wise Guys. Ugh, that terrible is, or that terrible, that accent is terrible. Shouldn't do this when I'm so tired. Today's show is brought to you by No Budget Productions and Pure Rock and Roll by Alexander Nakarada. And also my friends at home, my younger kids who have been talking, uh, who have been taking the endless lockdowns and restrictions without a real understanding of what's happened to the world on a bigger scale because their lives are not encumbered by the troubles of this world to the same degree adults are. Most children see the world through optimistic eyes, and I hope I continue to have high hopes. Like, and I hope they continue to have high hopes their entire lives. Uh, did I redo this? If you believe, if you believe, if you believe. Gosh, I'm trying to get that voice on down. I just can't quite get it. Maybe I should do boom hair. Maybe do boom hair. Well, if you believe, no. How about Hank? <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Gosh, Dale. Gosh, Dale. That wasn't him. All right, turn down my computer. I'm getting notifications by the by through the by, by yeah tons of them. If you believe, you should judge others by the color of their skin, and not. The content of their heart, you may be a leftist. Let's get into the word, shall we? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 through 26. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. We are looking at the words wisdom, understanding, knowledge as it relates to scientific knowledge as we understand it in the dimensions in which we can comprehend things. God, of course, is a being that exists, uh, is, is, you know, much more multi-dimensional than us. But he's giving us a glimpse of the fact that it takes wisdom and understanding. It took wisdom and understanding to create the universe. It took the, the only scientific mind in existence that existed before and will exist after forever. It took the mind of God to come up with the universe. But just looking at the human body alone, the scientific discoveries yet to be made about how the human body works, God has not allowed enough time. Time will end long before we even scratch the surface of the science of the human body. But let's move on. In Exodus 31 chapter 3, just as a sidebar, it says, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, 
and in all kinds of craftsmanship. What an interesting contrast. Saying that somebody was filled or individuals were filled with the Spirit of God and it came in four uh, distinct measures in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, or maybe in three distinct measures culminating in all kinds of craftsmanship. Think of that. Who is the ultimate craftsman? Who crafted the earth? Who crafted your body? God Almighty. And it is through him that with his spirit, the spirit of God imparted to humans, believers and unbelievers alike, imparted with the spirit of God in wisdom, understanding and knowledge for all types of craftsmanship. Let's look at Job chapter 38 verses 36 and 37. It's a rhetorical question. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom or tip the water jars of the heavens? Relating to science again, who has put wisdom in the innermost being? Well, we just saw in Exodus that it comes via the Spirit of God. If you're a craftsman, you have to acknowledge that, you're, uh, that, that the wisdom with which you're able to execute your craft all came from God. You may think that you've done it all on your own. You may have applied yourself. You may have studied hard. But the ability to store that wisdom and to use it for craftsmanship in as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a tradesman, in business, in sports, came from the Spirit of God. Just because you don't acknowledge it doesn't mean that's not where it came from. But he says, who has put wisdom in the innermost being? God did. Or given understanding to the mind. Right? Allowing us to have minds with intelligence to execute that intelligence how does that understanding get there we say to ourselves well it was me that studied hard and i applied myself but god created your mind the mind in which would be allowed to absorb that information and then the lord asks another rhetorical question two more rhetorical questions who can count the clouds by wisdom Right? So is there a scientific instrument today that man has concocted that has the ability to accurately count vaporous clouds? <laughs> the answer is no to man, but yes to God. He can tell you the count. And we say, well, what is the measurement? Our minds probably don't even know how or by which we can measure the clouds. And it says, who can tip the water jars of the heavens? He decides when the rain actually falls. We say that there's a scientific 
process, right? When moist air goes into the sky and condenses and gathers into water droplets and then eventually falls. But what's the tipping point of when it actually falls? Do we know the science? I think we say when it, when it just gets too heavy, then it falls. Well, God decides exactly where and when rain will fall. Anyway, um, and looking at, uh, let, let's look at a few other, I mean, I know I started in Proverbs. Um, I did get, I said 19 through 26. Yeah, okay, so we will get back down to that. Um, but I'm going to interject with a little bit more here. Job chapter 32, verse 9. The abundant in years may not be wise, nor may elders understand justice. When we talk about wisdom, you know, you could be the most skilled doctor in the world, having years and years of experience. But the scriptures say the abundant in years, you know, old people, mature people, may not be wise, nor may elders understand justice. You know, today we're supposed to listen to experts, the experts. There's so many experts, self-proclaimed experts. Well, there was a time, you know, before social media that the experts were considered to be the elderly and those with abundant years. Those were the experts of the day. Well, there was a lot of them spewing out fake news. And the Lord is just warning us that the abundant in years may not be wise, nor may elders understand justice. It means that we, in our own capacity, have to seek wisdom and understanding. We need to understand it for ourselves. And to not be, uh, you know, and then to not go around tooting your horn, saying, I'm so wise and so full of understanding. Listen to me. That's not the nature of what wisdom and understanding is about. So Proverbs chapter one through five, a wise man will hear an increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. There's the key. Somebody who says that they're wise and they don't need to learn anymore, that's, that's a sign that they're not wise. Because Proverbs says a wise man will hear an increase in learning. You need to continually be hearing. You need to be listening. You need to be paying attention to what's going on around you, the people around you, your culture, the times. You will hear an increase in learning. That's a wise man. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. When you see individuals surrounded by dunces and dummies. You know when you look at that individual that they have no understanding because they surround themselves with dummies. And you know, you can surround yourself with wise counsel as it pertains to certain areas in your life. Not everybody that you know in your life is going to know everything about everything. When you're having medical issues, surround yourself with wise counsel, right? Well, what's wise counsel? 
Well, we just, we just read, a wise man will hear and increase learning. So to surround yourself with wise counsel are the types of individuals who are continually learning with the times and with changes and advancements in science or sociology or physiology or whatever, right? That's who you want to surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with people like yourself. You want to be wise. You want to hear and increase learning. And you want to surround yourself with people who are on the same journey. Proverbs chapter 7, uh, three, chapter 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So we're being admonished here. Be humble. A wise man will hear and increase learning rather than declaring to the world, look at me, I'm wise. Let me tell you about everything that there is to know because I'm the wisest person on earth. And social media and news organizations today have created an environment in which these types of individuals are filling the top spots both on the left side and the right side of the political spectrum. People who are wise in their own eyes. But they're not all like that. It's really important when you're trying to dissect the news that you consume. Which are the individuals that, are, that hear and increase learning versus those that are wise in their own eyes? Those that are wise in their own eyes will say the same things over and over and over and use the same tactics over and over and over again. Those who hear an increase in learning are those that are understanding uh, circumstances and situations from the root right through to the tips. Taking the time to understand what a person said means that you have to listen to everything that they said. You can't cut out little bits of a speech and then claim to be a wise person by getting on TV and quoting somebody out of context. If you're going to hear an increase in learning, you have to hear everything. Good, bad, from front to back. Those that are wise in their own eyes take everything out of context and twist it so that they can spread disinformation. And so the Lord sees this as a, a being in a, as being um, not fearing the Lord. So by being wise in your own eyes means that you're full of pride and you don't have a proper respect for the Lord who is the Lord of truth and justice. And he says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It is evil to be full of pride and wise in your own eyes. And to follow that up, the wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. Inheriting something is quiet. There's not necessarily a lot of fanfare about it. You may just receive a check in the mail from a relative who died and you gained their inheritance. But fools display dishonor. It's very much like these personalities, these news anchors and media types who 
say that they're wise. Listen to me. I know about everything. Listen to me. They have to put their dishonor on display. Be very cautious of people who want to get in front of cameras and say things. And if you do listen to those people, carefully dissect what is coming at you from them. Fools display dishonor. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. You want a lesson from nature? It is all through the scriptures and it is constantly teaching us today because nature is subject to Jesus Christ where humanity has gone astray. They know who their Savior is. Humanity struggles with it. But the Bible says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise. When the Lord has to point us, when the Lord has to point a lazy person to look at an ant to gain wisdom, that's a sad day. But take a walk through nature, pay attention, and learn many, many lessons. Because the Lord has created nature and he has put so many creatures and plants out there to teach us lessons specifically. He has created entire species just to teach us lessons. Also fulfills, you know, the purposes of ecosystems and things like that. But he created them with particular natures to teach us a lesson. So important to know. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 33. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Right? Heed instruction. When instruction comes your way, listen to it. Listen to it. Is it fair? Is it reasonable? Is it, you know, within your ability to do? Heed instruction and be wise. You want to show wisdom? You heed instruction. And do not neglect it. Don't turn your back on good instruction. Everybody knows that if you go to school, you sit in class, you have a math teacher, and they're instructing you. If you turn your back, you're a dummy. If you neglect it, you're a dummy. If you listen, apply the principles, practice, study, you will become wise in mathematics. Remember, it took wisdom for God to create the universe. It took math beyond math, science beyond science. If you want to even, if you want to even share in just a shred a tiny, tiny whisper of the math that exists to support this universe. Don't neglect your math teacher. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 12. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you alone will bear it. This is the point of wisdom. For those that think that they need to display their dishonor because they're wise in their own eyes are missing the point. You need wisdom for yourself. Every individual needs wisdom for themselves. It can help those around them, no doubt. It can bring a lot of uh, good and evil into the world, right? But, but you need to be wise for your own self. And if you scoff, you alone will bear it. If you reject wisdom, you are the one that will bear the brunt of that. And lastly, 
the way of a fool, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. When a fool has set out on a path, set out on, you know, um, has set out to do something their way with no counsel. I'm going to build a house. Do you know how to build a house? Nope. I've never done it before. Are you going to read a book? Are you going to go on the internet? Are, are you going to watch some YouTube videos? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to talk to anybody that's ever built a house before? Nope. That's the fool. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So are you going to be successful building this house? You bet. How? Because the fool is right and wise in his own eyes, but he's displaying his dishonor. You dummy, you're going to build a house that collapses. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. How hard is that? How hard is it to find counsel and listen? Just listen. How tough is that? That's not hard at all. All right. We now move on to of the day, quotes and audio clips. Uh, let's look at a Tommy on a Telegram. I downloaded an app uh, for the f for my computer. And so navigating it is uh, kind of new. I'm looking, I'm scrolling, I'm looking for the dude's name. I suppose I could type him into a search. Let's do that. Alrighty. Oh, dang. I was supposed to do the Hey Tommy Tommy intro. I'll do it right now. House Democrats impeachment managers withdrew some of their quote-unquote evidence against Trump as even they have to admit it's fake. <laughs> such... These people in this impeachment trial are quoting tweets, unsubstantiated tweets out of thin air as evidence in a trial, a sham of a trial, I might add. Uh, Kamala Harris is joking about killing Trump and Pence as her and the room of leftists cackle. <gasps> the left try and portray the right as the hateful ones, etc., but it's clear to all who the hateful ones are. Violent degenerates they are. Uh, Tom Brady on land after the Bucks boat parade. What a legend. Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, drunk off his face. He's being held up by a guy, and he's walking all shit-faced just off the boat, smiling. He's like, hey, guys, how are you? he's stumbling, and the dude's hanging on to him, trying to keep him up, and 
all the media is looking at him, taking pictures and laughing. Dude's having a great time. Um, uh, some Bernie Sanders jokes. Uh, uh, what else? A protest has developed near North Lombard Street and North Campbell Avenue where participants have tried to break down the door the breakdown the door of the Portland Police of the Portland Police Association. We are monitoring the situation. And Portland is full of cop hating um, uh, Antifa members. Uh, these are true uh, socialist Marxist thugs who are purposefully trying to create uh, chaos um, uh, societal uh, chaos by bringing uh, with with uh, uh, with violence and rioting and uh, and pro not just normal protesting it's actually really um, so the fact that they're doing that is just they're they're just completely unlawful and a very dangerous group um, I don't I, th I think the Trump administration was trying to call them uh, name them as a as a, a domestic terrorists but the 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 left wing of the Democratic Party needs their agitating muscle they need to be able to rely on them they only started denouncing them slightly after they won the election after Joe Biden won the election they slightly started to denounce and try to distance themselves from Antifa and BLM who spent the entire summer uh, destroying things uh, over 30 people were killed and they said nothing they literally said nothing while cities burned it was it, it, unbelievable and they just try to slightly distance themselves after winning the election big deal because they want to keep them on the hook they're not going to denounce them if they called them a domestic terrorist organization that they'd be cutting off their own nose to spite their face um all right let's move on here okay uh, the fascinating piece from Time magazine is called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Hmm, what's that about? Sample quote. The handshake between the business lobby and organized labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election. An extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free and fair, credible and uncorrupted. For more than a year, a loosely organised coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and an autocratically inclined president. Unquote. Time magazine. Okay? So a, quote, coalition of, quote, operatives, quote, scrambled to shore up America's institutions to, quote, protect the election. But I, I thought American elections were run by county election officials. Who are these scrambling operatives shoring up institutions? Further, quote, 
The participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election, they were fortifying it. Unquote. Aha! They were not rigging the election, they were fortifying it. So that's okay then. And now a word from Ben and friends. Ben! Hmm. What are we going to do today? I don't know. What What do you feel like? What do I feel like? Yeah. Um, I don't know, dudes. Maybe I could do that guy's voice. Yeah, I could do that guy's voice kind of too. You can kind of do that guy's voice too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What do you say there, buddy? Try to make his voice. Nothing! <laughs> Alright. Why don't you guys try something called the three-headed monster? Okay, all of you stand right here in front of me. <clears throat> so I can kind of get the microphone. Okay, stand here. You stand right beside each other. One, two, three. Okay, so the three-headed monster, basically, when I ask you a question, each of you can only say one word. So you're a three-headed monster. So each of the heads get to say one word. So I say, hey, three-headed monster, was it cold out? Uh, how cold was it outside today? Really cold. No, really? You, just, you, just were, you just wrecked it. One word each. You would say really. He'd say cold. And he would say yeah. Or something like that. Or you know what I mean? Sound. You understand? Yeah. Okay. So here's the question for the three-headed monster. We'll start with Zeph. Remember, you can only say one word. And then somebody else has to say words after you. So... If the three-headed monster grew up and got married and had babies and you had to change a diaper for the first time and it was a diaper that was completely full of poo and you had to describe to somebody what that whole experience was like. You had to tell them that you had to, that you got the baby, you had to take off the diaper and you had to throw away all the poo. All right. So the three-headed monster is going to tell me about their first big poopy diaper change. Do you want to start? It's, oh, yeah, it was disgusting. So it was changed. Um, 
Hey, hey, come on. You're describing the first time, the first time ever, you changed a big poopy diaper. So it's more than it was disgusting. <laughs> you say, you know, the diaper was really full. It was super duper stinky. <laughs> Try to think of something. Okay. You're describing it for the first time. Just pretend you can see it in your head. All right. And we'll start with you again, Ben. It was disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting's one word. Okay. Let's try to do something different here. Go. It was gross. I just told you guys. You're, you're changing a diaper for the first time and you're describing it to somebody. I've never changed a diaper. So it was disgusting. It was gross. Great. What was? A diaper. Where does a diaper go? What does it do? It goes in garbage. <laughs> okay, before it goes in the garbage. Start again. Okay, so tell me about the first thing you saw when you came up to the big... To the to the baby with a big dirty diaper. I. Okay. First. <laughs> I can't think. Of I. Can't. <laughs> do. <laughs> I. I can't do I. <laughs> no. I. Can't change the diaper. Diaper. So I did it. <laughs> and we threw. It the diaper <laughs> a wet. <laughs> no, he meant to say away. To throw away. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. That was kind of tough. I guess the three-headed monster is difficult for you guys. Um. Alrighty, here. Let's see. All right, moving on. The three-headed monster was slayed. It is dead. It's gone. All right, how about you guys ask Dad a question? Any kind of question? A question about the Bible? A question about work? A question about building stuff? A question about doing stuff? A question about when I was a little boy? A question about when I was an old man? Oh, wait, I'm not an old man yet. Okay, Zephaniah, we're going to start with you. What is your question? I like, like, walking with Dad. And... That's cool. You like working with Dad. Now, what's your question for me? Okay, why don't we start with Gabriel? That's okay. Let's, let's see how it goes. Gabriel? What is your question for dad? 
What's your favorite food? My favorite food is... Hmm. I think probably one of my favorite foods are amazingly deliciously cooked steaks. But that's not necessarily the tastiest. Like there's a lot of Indian dishes, there's Chinese dishes, there's you know, fancy restaurant dishes. I've had I've had too much good food in my life to pick anything right now. So when you guys get older like me and you've tried a lot of different foods, it'll be hard for you to say what's your favorite food. So, huh, I wish I could tell you. But for now, we'll say a really, really, really good steak. I think the best steak I had was in Las Vegas. I had steak two nights in a row. At one, one night, it was at one place. Uh, I forget the name. I forget the name of both places. But the second night I had the steak, it was unbelievably delicious. I couldn't believe it. It was had a beautiful crust. It was cooked perfectly. It was flavorful, tender. I'm still thinking about it. Okay, Ben, your question for me. What was your favorite Bible scripture? Well, again, my favorite Bible scripture or most interesting. <clears throat> well, when you study the Bible over the years, there's certain scriptures and passages that stand out that are of importance to you and that you find that you're drawn to. And then as time goes on, you kind of, you know, look at different passages and understand them to be different. But the thing about the Bible is it's really kind of one message all interwoven into or, or it's a bunch of store it, it's a it's a bunch of books that are interwoven into one big story <clears throat> and so the more you read the bible the more interesting it becomes the more it it changes and opens up it's not like a regular book where you just read it once and that's the end of it you read it again and again and again and more and more stuff comes out of it it's almost like a magic book unlike a regular book that you just read once and the words stay the same but the meaning deepens and deepens and deepens and so the bible like a magical book when you read it you can read the same passage over and over again but learn more and more and more from just the very simple passage and so it's hard to describe but you know when you think about your life and how much you need Jesus sometimes the scriptures about how God has saved us how he sent Jesus his son to die on the cross those kinds of things are really important so we understand them and then once we've <clears throat> once we realize that then we move on to learning even more about Jesus so it gets really cool you guys are asking me hard questions here. Okay, Zef, your turn for a question. Anything you want. 
What fish do you like? What fish do I like? Is that what you said? I'm pretty sure it's deep. Fish? That's okay. My favorite fish to eat is... Mm. Probably I had one time a chunk of sea bass at a restaurant in New York. <clears throat> it was in a Russian restaurant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there was only a few, there was only just me, my colleague, and the guy that we went to dinner with. And uh, he got a sea bass as well. That fish, I remember being so, so delicious. But you know, perch from Lake Erie are good fish. Pickerel from Lake Erie are good fish. A good lake trout um, is super delicious if it's done right. Salmon can be really good. Ahi tuna that just cooked medium rare is delicious you guys are asking me questions where I can't just give you a straight answer that's tough all right so I'll ask you guys a question then okay all right I will find you a question I'll ask you all question number 11 okay Ben, you start. What is the hardest thing about being a kid? Like you're short and you can't reach things? <laughs> I'm taller than these two boys, at least. Yeah, but still. <laughs> you're farting on the podcast. That might have that might have come up on the microphone. <laughs> All right, what's the hardest thing about being a kid? The hardest thing about being a kid is not able to help on a lot of things that we can't really usually help on. I have to move his fart stinks. Okay, fair enough. So you just you just don't have the skill sets. You just don't have the ability to kind of do things that bigger kids can do yet or big people. Okay. All right. What's the hardest thing about being a kid? Um, that you just don't know anything? That you don't know how to do enough, you know, cool stuff yet? That you still wear the same underwear all the time? Reaching high stuff. Reaching high. That's what I said. That's not the hardest thing about being a kid. What's the hardest thing about being a kid? True, true. <laughs> um, you, know what was, you know what was one of the hardest things for me when I was a kid about being a kid? Was I wanted to drive cars and motorcycles so bad, so bad. I used to dream, dream about it. And when I finally got my license... I bought a motorcycle and I drove it all over the place. I loved it. So the tough thing about me as being a kid was watching big people drive cars and I didn't get to do it. Okay then. <laughs> How about you? Can you think of something different? Um, 
Hey, that's good to know. If your life isn't tough as a kid, that's all right. That's okay. You don't have to complain. All right. What's the toughest thing for you, Zeph, about being a poo-poo caca face? <laughs> that it's really smelly? Something, something like not seeing your family members often or... What's the toughest thing about being a smelly kid? <laughs> uh, can't read. Just can't do anything what big people can do. Gotcha. Okay, well, you're learning how to read. Quit farting, would you? You're stinking up the place. So you're going to learn how to read, which is good. And... And you help dad a lot, which means you're learning lots of stuff, which means when you get older, you'll be able to do lots of stuff, right? So you watch dad, you help, you're using more tools. The bigger you get, I let you use more and different tools. So that's pretty cool. All right, guys, let's sign off. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. All right, see ya. Always be ready and fight like a warrior and fight like hell for truth and justice I know that's kind of a weird thing you know fight like hell I don't know how hell fights but fight like heaven always be ready and fight like a warrior for truth and justice I love you all talk to you again soon